Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today is Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. On this day in 1995, 48-year-old O.J. Simpson was found not guilty of a double homicide. While the matter was settled in the eyes of the law, the debate over O.J.'s culpability continues to rage on in the court of public opinion today. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, I'm covering the October 3rd, 1995 acquittal of O.J. Simpson on charges of double homicide. The world was shocked when O.J. was charged with murdering his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ron Goldman, on June 17, 1994. O.J. Simpson was a former football star, an actor on television and the big screen, a true American treasure. But the evidence against him was indisputable, or so the prosecutors thought. However, on the morning of October 3, 1995, the L.A. County jury had a very different opinion. Court was in session. After 11 long months, the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson was coming to a close. At the time, it was the longest jury trial in the history of California, and in a few moments, it would finally be over. The crowd buzzed with anticipation as Judge Lance Ito entered the packed courtroom around 10 a.m. With news cameras capturing every moment, Judge Ito requested the audience refrain from reacting while the verdict was being read. And with that, he asked the defendant to rise and face the jury as the clerk announced his fate. Going into the trial, the prosecution believed it would be an open and shut case. Just after midnight on the night of June 12, 1994, the police had been alerted when a neighbor noticed Nicole's Akita howling by her gate. Its pristine white fur was stained red with blood. Ten minutes later, the police arrived on the scene in Los Angeles's upscale Brentwood neighborhood. The whimpering dog was standing over the dead bodies of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Nicole's neck had been stabbed and then brutally slashed. 
Ron had been stabbed over 30 times. It was ferocious, sloppy work, and the killer had left evidence in the form of a bloody glove and footprints from a size 12 shoe. Around 4.30 a.m., police went to tell Nicole's ex-husband, O.J. Simpson, what had happened. He wasn't home, but police officer Mark Furman did find something else, a Ford Bronco, its interior covered in blood, along with the companion to the glove they had discovered at the crime scene. Five days later, O.J. was arrested for Nicole and Ron's murders, but only after a 60-mile car chase in which an estimated 95 million people tuned in to watch as O.J. drove his Bronco through the streets of Los Angeles. At the trial, the prosecution team of Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden provided DNA testing showing that the blood found at the crime scene was a match for O.J.'s, But O.J.'s so-called dream team of lawyers, led by Johnny Cochran, Robert Kardashian, and Robert Shapiro, had another story. When they dug into the personal history of Mark Furman, the police officer who had discovered the bloody glove at O.J.'s house, the defense lawyers uncovered a sordid past. Apparently, during a taped interview with an aspiring screenwriter, Furman had previously admitted to planting evidence to help secure convictions. Additionally, he liberally used the N-word multiple times during the interview. During Furman's cross-examination, Judge Ito allowed for this tape to be admitted into evidence. Therefore, the defense lawyers were able to paint Furman, who also owned a Nazi medallion, as a white supremacist. They also established a theory that Furman had planted the bloody glove at O.J.'s house. Even though they had no evidence to back this theory up, it resonated with the jury. The defense's job was to establish the seed of reasonable doubt in the jurors' minds, and it had taken root. Coming up, the jury reaches its verdict. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now, back to the story. After 133 days of televised court proceedings, nearly 150 witnesses, and $15 million of taxpayers' money, the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson was drawing to a close. Although the prosecution had a slew of evidence suggesting that O.J. had killed Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman, the defense had artfully established a credible amount of doubt. The question was whether it was enough to persuade the jury. Around 10 a.m. on October 3, 1995, Judge Lance Ito's clerk, Deidre Robinson, read the verdict. We, the jury in the above-entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. 
As the verdict was read, O.J. allowed himself a thin smile. He mouthed the words, thank you, to the jury as his lawyer, Johnny Cochran, slapped him on the back and pumped his fist. But the reaction from Nicole and Ron's loved ones was far different. Ron's father, Fred Goldman, looked up at the ceiling in pained disbelief. The only sound other than Deidre Robinson reading the verdict was of the gulping sobs of Ron's sister, Kim Goldman. Ron's mother, Patty, could only shake her head and whisper, oh my God. The reactions outside the courtroom were just as divided. As the verdict was announced over the loudspeakers on buses traveling along Alvarado Avenue, many of the riders broke into cheers. But in the ritzy Orange County neighborhood where Nicole and OJ's children were being cared for by their grandparents, someone put up a sign reading, OJ, you're not welcome here. The trial had become so ingrained in the national consciousness that even President Bill Clinton was compelled to release a statement. The jury heard the evidence and rendered its verdict. Our system of justice requires respect for their decision. At this moment, our thoughts and prayers should be with the families of the victims of this terrible crime. Meanwhile, O.J. was celebrating his newfound freedom. He returned to his Brentwood mansion at 11.16 a.m., a little over an hour after his acquittal. As he and his entourage partied late into the night, it seemed like his troubles were over. But the justice system wasn't finished with O.J. Simpson yet. Although he had been declared not guilty in a criminal court, O.J. faced a civil lawsuit for Nicole and Ron's murders. Unlike the criminal system, which deals with legal punishment for breaking the law, civil cases deal with disputes between two parties. Rather than dealing out a jail sentence, if the jury in O.J.'s civil case ruled against him, he'd be forced to pay financial compensation to the victims' families. In 1996, O.J. underwent a three-month trial for the wrongful deaths of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Unlike in his criminal trial, O.J. was forced to testify. Previously, he had denied that he ever wore the same kind of size 12 Bruno Molly shoes, whose prints had been discovered at the crime scene. But while he was on the stand, the lawyer representing the Goldmans produced photos showing O.J. wearing them on several occasions. Furthermore, Judge Hiroshi Fujisaki took great pains to prevent the same circus-like atmosphere that had pervaded Judge Ito's courtroom. He banned TV cameras, put a gag order on all the lawyers, and prevented the admission of any arguments without evidence. Ultimately, the jury ruled that O.J. had wrongfully caused Nicole and Ron's deaths. He was forced to pay $33.5 million in damages to their families. While it wasn't the same as putting him behind bars, the ruling at least put him into some financial difficulty. And that difficulty would get O.J. into even more legal trouble. As the years passed, 
OJ's financial woes forced him to sell off his sports memorabilia, but eventually he decided he wanted everything back. In September 2007, OJ and several armed men held up a pair of sports memorabilia dealers in their Las Vegas hotel room. After getting caught for stealing items that he had previously sold, OJ was charged with 12 different crimes, including armed robbery and kidnapping. In December 2008, he was found guilty and sentenced to 33 years in prison. In July 2017, OJ was released on parole. The board that heard his case voted in a unanimous 4-0 decision to grant him an early release. Even one of the defendants in the case went on the stand to speak in OJ's defense. But not everyone was happy to see him become a free man. Speaking to the Guardian newspaper, Ron Goldman's father, Fred, said, What's troubling to me is not only him, but the whole system gives second chances to violent felons, or for that matter, anyone in jail. Ron doesn't get a second chance. Fred Goldman's comments showed how O.J. Simpson's legal battles were much more than just one man facing criminal accusations. Regardless of what actually happened on the night of June 12, 1994, O.J. Simpson's trial for the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman became a flashpoint for racial injustice, police misconduct, and a referendum on the American justice system as a whole. As of 2019, those debates continue to rage on, and while they do, O.J. Simpson lives as a free man. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find all episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals like Today in True Crime for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Liebeskind, Maggie Admire, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Benedon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 